and welcome to this Property Life podcast. I'm Caroline Clayton. I'm a property investor and trainer and each week my friends and I will be speaking with a very special guest about their adventures within the property market. This week I have the pleasure of spending time with Lindsay Kane who I met many years ago along with her father. They were looking for a plan to get Lindsay's dad out of work and also create a business for Lindsay to have some security for the future. We catch up and hear how she went about putting all of her um, experience and training into practice and how that looks for her now and it's also opened up the opportunity for her to explore new business ventures and passions that she cares about. I know you're going to love this episode. Hi Lindsay, lovely to see you. How are you doing today? Very good, thank you for having me. So I'm fascinated to hear what's happened since we last saw each other, because it's been quite a wee while now. Um, I think our listeners will benefit a load from hearing a little bit about your background before you got into property. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, so, I, so I'm from Manchester originally, and I, just sort of a typical teenager, didn't really know what I wanted to do, went to college went to I wanted to go into fashion did a, a de- started a degree in art art fashion I hated it quit after about four months but then I started working for an event company um went and did an event degree completed it um worked for an event company for a few years hated it I was always passionate about makeup um and I had lots of people asking me to do their makeup on a night out but because I I wasn't trained in it or had a certificate I just didn't have the confidence. And I was like, I can't charge people for makeup. Um, anyway, started working. Uh, whilst I was working, did a makeup uh, course, got my cert- cert- certificate for that. Met my husband, moved down to London, um, then got pregnant, but I wanted to carry on working. I didn't want to, I was working in TV, doing makeup at the time, and it was like 14, 16 hour days. And I, I wanted to do something where I could be based from anywhere. So I set up a lash business because at the time it was just a particular brand in a particular shop that you could buy. And as a makeup artist, I just wanted the lash. I didn't want fancy packaging or the rubbish glue that used to come with it. I just wanted a, a variety of styles, which a lot of makeup artists at the time wanted. Um, so, yeah, so I, I set that up when I was pregnant and then moved back up north after I had my little one. And then my dad was really struggling at work. He he sort of hated working and really wanted to look at options. And that's when we looked into property and I saw an ad flash up on social media. And I just said, it's a free course, Dad, let's go. Um, Obviously, it doesn't end up being free. Nothing's free. Um, (laughs) But it's my dad's retired now. And, you know, and it's completely changed our lives in in terms of confidence. Like we, we may not be 100% in going down one road with the property we've diversified slightly but it's given us the confidence to do many other things so and that's how obviously I met you you were a trainer on on that particular course and I think that was, that was way before lockdown actually so it's been a long time sorry <laughs> well, but I think every, our listeners will probably have a a preconceived ideas of working in TV, the glamour, the glitz, the makeup, the celebs, and then suddenly to go to smelly houses, that's quite a jump. What was it about property that was so attractive to you from um, the kind of glamour side that everyone perceives? 
Well, first of all, it's not glamorous at all. It's the least glamorous thing. And <laughs> it, the long hours, you're on your feet. I loved it because every day was different. And I think that's what I really like and enjoy. I, what, what, for me, working like in the events, doing the degree, and then I thought, oh, I'm going to be out on site mingling, doing all these glamorous events. Actually, majority of the time, you're stuck in an office behind a desk. And I hate the desk work. Um, it just wasn't for me. So I enjoyed getting out there, meeting people. Um, so TV world is not glamorous. But I will say the, I just wanted that flexibility. I wanted, I, I wanted to build something for myself. And I just, I, I just wanted to, I just wanted to build something. I wanted to help my dad try and retire and give him an income. He'd worked all his life. And he's from that generation where you don't have a, you pay your mortgage off, be mortgage free. That is the aim in life to have no mortgage. And he was just like, God, I wish if I'd known then what I know now, his, you know, his life, he probably would have been able to retire a lot sooner. Um, but, you know, he's learned a lot. And I have to say, like doing these things and learning, putting yourself into uncomfortable positions, you do grow. And my dad's a lot more confident than he ever was. So that, that's um, that's been a nice thing to see. But yeah, I just wanted to build something for myself. And, you know, and, and I think for, for me, the other thing as well is, so my husband's um, a comedian and he, when I was doing makeup, I'd be introduced as his wife. No, I'd be like, oh, this is blah, blah, blah's wife. And it's yeah. like, hi, my name's Lindsay. Like, that is my name. Like, I'm not defined by who I'm married to. Yeah. Um, and then you'd get people saying, oh, well, you've only got this job because of your husband. And it's like, no, I've actually gone and trained. I've actually trained in makeup, which I now have the confidence because I've got my little piece of paper. Um, but also, I'm, I'm the one proactively going looking for work. Yeah, I might be taking on once because of who I know, but then I won't get repeated work you know if I'm no good like I have to be you know yeah. I have to have a little bit of my own talent and I think that's where it's coming like with the property it'd be my thing that I'm doing and it's away from my husband but even then I still get people saying oh your husband buys your properties for you and it's like well now it's it's there's a whole structure there's a whole process to it that you don't know anything about and so that's been a nice thing for me to know that I've done it on my own yeah, that must be so challenging because I think being a woman in property in itself is hard enough because it is a very much male-dominated industry. And then if you have people sort of thinking, well, it's easy enough for her because her husband will have all the money and he'll be buying it. Oh, God, that must yeah. really get your goats. So what really winds me up. Yeah, I bet. So what was the, the core strategy um, with your dad? Like, what was, uh, was it buy-to-lets? Was it flips? Like, what was the, the main focus at the beginning? It was buy to lets just to having some ha having something where it's going to replace his income. So he did he did what he needed to do, and he did it, you know I helped him. We did it together, and we basically built a portfolio for him for be able to you know it might be a lot to some, it might be minimal to others, but it, it allowed him to then retire. Yeah. So and it, and he's got something that he you know he's he's got his name on, and you know he's he's much happier coming and going so brilliant like I think the whole father-daughter uh, combo is is so so powerful so the property uh, business started it launched it's it's got your dad sorted it's opened up avenues for you but you are yeah. just 
way, 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 way more than just property. You have expanded into so many other diverse directions. What other things have you um, got yourself involved with since investing in property? Well, well, obviously lockdown happened and that was a major... If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap, but you just don't know how to do it, then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for. Right now in the UK, there is a completely untapped opportunity through helping struggling Airbnb hosts by turning around their underperforming properties and generating you huge commission payments in the process. We are going to teach you all of the tools and all of the techniques that we've learned over the last five years through building our very own multiple six-figure Airbnb business, arming you with everything that you need to swoop in and save the day. Minimal startup costs, zero risk, and almost unlimited potential. Sound good? Welcome to the Airbnb Consultant. Contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started. And obviously, it's a major thing, an issue for everyone. But in particular, um, obviously, like my husband's job, who's the, he's the main breadwinner. He like his his diary completely emptied, like a lot of other people. So he had to massively diversify. He was doing work online on Zoom, obviously, and, and I'm high risk as well. That's the other thing. I, I'm I'm a high risk person. So at the time, obviously, when everyone was not even going outside, I couldn't go looking at houses because I was like scared of catching it um because I was so high risk and basically just yeah I had a had an online business at the time I had a false eyelash business and I was about to sell it before lockdown lockdown was happening and then they said listen we're gonna have to put everything on hold and I was like and so no one was buying lashes so the other thing that I learned during that process is if you're gonna have a website or a product or or you're selling something maybe diversify don't just have one thing because like, you know, like clothing companies, fashion companies, they were able to diversify and do loungewear and pajamas and sportswear and things like that. Well, I couldn't do anything. No one, the sales literally stopped overnight. And it was like, oh shit, how do we diversify here? Um, and, and I've sort of fallen out of love with it anyway, because it was very saturated market. Um, for what I intended when I originally set it up, my life had gone into a different direction. I just wasn't enjoying it anymore. Um, and like I said, I had this offer on the table to buy it. The people that bought it were the people that were shipping it for me anyway. And they they could offer free shipping. I couldn't. So it was just a lot more simpler to sort of give it, like sell it to them. Um, and then, so I took COVID. Obviously, husband's having to work a lot at home. Um, and I was having to, like many, homeschool a child, which it was the most difficult job. I don't know how people did it and survived with multiple children. Like I actually don't. Yeah. And you, you uh, being a parent to teacher anyway, no one really tells you that. Like you have to be a teacher to have a child, um, and she's quite uh, challenging. She's very, you know, she knows her own mind. She's very strong. Um, so that was difficult trying to do that. Trying to feel like I'm doing something for myself. I like my own space. I like my own time. I'm used to Russell being away a few days a week as well. So that was as everyone had to adapt, but. Um, I started working on myself then trying to got into like trying to meditate just to be able to get five minutes to myself yeah. Um, got into exercise again trying to get a few minutes to myself hate working out hate exercise but I've got into that habit 
of doing it and I feel much better. Um, so I started working on myself, working on different things. Um, and that was sort of to the end of lockdown. Um, I can't remember what you were going to say. What, Over, what uh, well, I think what really sparked oh, waffle, this. Sorry. Your, <laughs> it's all right. Your social media, because I looked at your Instagram and I'm sure a lot of our listeners will look at your Instagram. And I, and I said to you before we started recording, like, what an incredible profile. Like you've you've really diversified. You're not just a property investor. Yeah. You've got so many other things going on. How did this come to be? And so you're saying that after lockdown, get rid of yeah. the last business. Yeah. And then you really did get the confidence to put yourself out there, whereas before you were scared. I want you to tell a little bit or share a little bit about before the the old you why you wouldn't have had a social media profile like you have now why maybe you wouldn't have told people that you were maybe investing in property what was it that was holding you back with that so I think like it's a generational thing I've spoken to mum about this and I was like god I like so my nana my mum's mum would be always like you know we can't do that it's you know it's not ladylike or we've got to you know you've got to be careful what people think and you know, and then obviously passed that on to my mom, and my mom wasn't as sort of, you know, as not bad, I'm not saying the word bad, but she, you know, it would be, you know, we've got to be careful, you don't want people to think that of us, or, you know, how we've got to worry about how people we come across. Um, I think for me, and I, I, as I mentioned to you before, um, before we recorded, like the whole property thing, like, it really pushes you out your comfort zone. So, some people love courses like that. Some people hate them. Some people spend all this money and then do nothing with it. Yeah. You know, like I said, I, in terms of property, I, it, that course has given me confidence more than anything because it's really pushed me outside of my comfort zone. And when I when I did the course and I put something online, I I accepted all the friends that I met on the course on like Facebook, and then I went to put a post out and I hid the post from everyone that I knew because I was worried oh my god they're gonna think a certain thing of me and now looking back I'm laughing I'm like I can't believe I hid everyone seeing that because I was worried and then I wanted to I needed to raise money which is a lot of block for some people in property they think oh we can't fund it but actually and you know you've said it a lot of the other trainers said it money is the easy part and it was like yeah yeah but actually it really is but you have to put the work in you have to get yourself out there. You have to be putting yourself out there, telling people what you do. That is the main thing. It's like, if you want people to buy into you, to buy into what you're doing, you have to put yourself out there. And if you're not doing it, like I know some people hate social media and it's like, but if you want your business to thrive and grow yeah. or whatever you're doing, your followers, your engagement, if you want any of that to grow, you're going to have to put the work and you're going to have to, upload even if you don't want to even if they think you're being annoying do it because it doesn't matter you, you know you just that's the way you're going to build and no one you know I've got people now that are like oh I'm going to set up this channel I'm going to do a profile and I'm it's like it's actually really difficult and people like with podcasts and things like that it's just going to set up a podcast and it's like yeah but what what's the reason for it because yeah. what what is the purpose because if you think it's for fame and money and to monetize it yeah you might be one of the lucky ones but actually it's really bloody hard yeah. in this day and age because it's so saturated to actually get it up and running and get a following there's a lot of work that goes behind it and no matter where you are like even with me and the connections via my husband it's still hard and I'm, but I'm still networking putting myself out there um 
But yeah, in, in terms of, sorry, go on. Yourself, yeah, no, so you took yourself from someone who would hide away what you were doing mm -hmm. for the fear of judgment and you've gone full circle, putting yourself out there. You've got the property business. And I have to say, I think one of the first ever social media posts I saw you post was when you started selling your lashes because yeah. you stock to get rid of. Yeah. Um, and then you sold out of them really, really quick and you thought you, you learned the power behind. Yeah. Uh, the power social behind social media. And yeah. And I saw you posting more about property. And then I saw you posting, oh, I was hypnotized by you putting your makeup on. Like, what? <laughs> and then I saw you on another podcast. And now, you know, I see that you're launching a new product. Tell us a little bit about that, that product. So, so just to go back as well to like with the, so the reason I put, the first video up of myself doing something is because I was selling the lash business. I had surplus stock that I needed to get rid of. Yeah. And I was like, we're just coming out of lockdown. How am I going to sell this? I don't want to spend money on advertising. Like, how do I get rid of all this stock? So I just put a video of, it was after lockdown because I, I was working away and I took my lashes with me and I took them and I did this video in the hotel and I sold out after I put it, put it online. And a part of me was really annoyed because I was like, oh, if I only had done this sooner, I would have sold a lot more, you know, don't know where the business would have ended up. But also I didn't die. Like no one, no one was horrible to me. I was alive after I posted it. And I thought, why am I been worried all this time about what people think of me? Um, and then that gave me the kick up the arse to be like, actually, I could, I can do this. Like, so then I started posting about oh, this is the property that we've just got. This is the buy to let, this is the refurb. Um, this is what we're doing. Um, you know, and any projects that we've got coming up, we're, we're looking at raising finance if you are interested. So I, let, I met a lot of people that I've now become friends um, and, and where the angel, you know, they, they've been my angels, investors. And, you know, they, they just, they're like, we trust we trust you you know you've kept us involved in the whole process you communicate really well you've paid up you've paid us our interest each month you've paid us back when agreed so I've built that relationship with them so I know that in future when I've got another project I can go to them and you know and give them first refusal but but from from there um it's just given me the confidence to then just put myself out there more and and it's only been in the, I read a book called Black Box Thinking, okay. which is an amazing book, which is you're not always right and to take criticism. And you know, it, it's just a fantastic book. So I, I definitely recommend people reading that because that really changed my thought process when dealing with com conflict and things like that. And then there was um, the other book that changed my life was The Five Regrets of the Dying. And yeah. um, I can't remember the author of that. I don't know if it's here, but that's such a great book. And it's like, don't be in your old person's home wishing that you did certain things. Like, do them. Life's too short. Do them. Unless you're hurting someone, yeah. you know, don't do it. But, if you know, just track, crack on and do it. So um, I, just to go back, when I was a child, I was, like, diagnosed with, um, well, I was tested for, like, cystic fibrosis and things. And they were like, oh, you're asthmatic. And they gave me all these inhalers all my life. And none of them worked. And then in my early 20s, I went and got, I went and paid to have an appointment because it got so bad. Like my lungs and my sinuses were really bad. And I got diagnosed with a lung disease called bronchiectasis. And so I, it, I was sort of like, oh, it is what it is. I've got the, I know what it is now. I've got a name for it. I know what it is. Crack on with life. And then I had my little girl 
And then I had this overwhelming sort of fear of mortality, like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. Oh, my God. And I've never had it before. And then speaking to other women and other and, and you know, men as well, like it's actually really common, especially after you have kids. Yeah. But my added thing of this mortality was my lung will deteriorate sooner than everybody else. It is a lung disease. And actually, when I started looking into it, it, it can be really debilitating and so I started looking at how I can increase like my, my personal lifespan. How can I be healthier? I don't want to live till I'm 60 because I'm a long issue. I want to live longer as long as I can with the health as well to go with it. So um, I started talking to my husband and he was, he's really nerdy. He's into like the science of um, the biohacking world, which isn't known very much, especially with females. Like it's all very American males, you know, all the very, techy complicated and I'm just like I just want it in simple terms just tell me what it is really simply what these things are so he gave me all these different supplements to take which will help with delay the process of aging internally that, that that's you know that the internal side of it and help with inflammation and and getting rid of those zombie cells which cause inflammation and causes to age quicker internally I always say that because I'm I'm not saying it in a vain way for the the skin. I'm, it, that's the important thing. Um, so I did it for a few weeks, and then I was like, oh my god, it's just such a lot of supplements. It's just such a lot. I can't be bothered. Um, and then he did. He, he went on to the Stephen Bartlett podcast, um, and he started talking about biohacking, which again, no one knows. It's biohacking. We're banning that word from our business jolt because people don't understand it, and it's very sciencey and techy. But it's basically health span. How can we feel? younger for longer we want to be I want to be 100 still going to Ibiza dancing like I I still want that I still want to have the energy of say a 60 year old when I'm 100 so it's about that and so loads of people are reaching out saying oh can you get me that list of supplements what does he take what does he take and then what goes into that is well where are you buying it from what's the purity of that particular ingredient you know is it is it pure is it full with added rubbish and you know where where you're buying it from so loads of people were like oh thanks but can't be bothered loads of people and I was like god there's so many lazy people like me that just want one like convenient basically one convenient dose of a supplement so that's how jolts arrived so there's seven amazing ingredients in it um that that help like I say reduce the inflammation reduce the effects of aging so I try to describe it as like a punnet of strawberries. So this is your cells. They're a punnet of strawberries, all fresh and juicy. And then you've got this one rotten cell, this old strawberry. And it turns all the cells around it, like the strawberries, it turns them rotten quicker. And that's what's happening if we don't clear out our dead cells. But what's really important is, is the passion that we've got in terms of helping like communicate and educate health span people think that you can just take supplements and eat shit and it'll work. It's not going to work. You have to coincide it with sleep, with movement. So exercise, you know, if you're going to sit on your ass all day, it's not going to work. You have to do that and combine it with diet. What you're putting in your food, are you, you have processed food, what you're putting in your body. If you're fueling your body with shit, you're going to feel shit. And, and then supplements help bring all that together as well. So, and it helps clear out, you know, and, and things like, eat when you're hungry don't just eat because it's the morning and that's what you've always been told to do or eat at 5 p.m like eat when you're actually hungry don't don't restrict yourself in any way 
um you know so that that's how Joel's yes. born had been born basically but born from my fear of dying and trying to improve my own lifespan and health span so and Joel will be coming onto the market well by the time this airs it will probably be yes live. yes and, and so it'll be you could go to the website www.joltmyworld.com so and then we should be live by the time this goes out which is really exciting so it's what's really cool about this story is that actually property was a vehicle to help your dad retire. Property yeah. was a vehicle to help you gain confidence, to follow a passion that was a, a necessity for, for life. And what's the plans property-wise um, over the next, let's say, three to five years? What, what's your plan strategy-wise in property? For, for us, I think it's buy to let still so we're we're looking at just building the portfolio for a pension pot basically because we're self-employed as we've seen with covid anything can happen so it's about building that pot for when we're older and diversifying our portfolio so now we've we've managed to um pay off on on, we've sold some properties that weren't serving us anymore and then we've paid off one so we've again just to diversify in the in the event of anything happening we've got something there um and just buy to let's basically i'm i'm not don't want to do flips at the moment i don't want to do flips at the moment um we're just focusing on building i potentially might look at something commercial but I don't know it's sort of I feel, I don't feel confident in the commercial world doing that because obviously it's, it's a whole different it's a whole load of different rules and and I haven't got this sort of brain capacity to go and learn all those things because I think whatever you do decide to do you always need to find you need to learn about it and and if you don't know about it find someone that can teach you how to do it I think that's really important no matter what you're doing you need yeah. to find the help and and I think when you when you know what you're doing, you, you're more confident and you can execute it better. Yeah. So um, we, we've just done a renovation on our own personal house. And that has been um, a massive, very expensive life lesson. Um, <laughs> it, it's been it, it's been I, I'd actually go as far to say as we've had PTSD from it. It's been really traumatic. The yeah. move dealing like say a female in a very male dominant industry is hard enough but I think what this particular project has taught me is um, massively about the power team you know who you've got on board we've had everything go wrong that could possibly have gone wrong um I think what it would have been probably cheaper if we had knocked the house down and completely rebuilt it so I would never make that mistake again all I would say is if you are looking to take an older house and you think, oh, it'd be really nice and romantic. We'll renovate it to to do it exactly how we want it. Don't do that. Just just double check. Ask some experts. Will it be more cost effective for us to knock the house down and completely rebuild? Because you, when it's an old property, you've got so many other complications alongside it. Um, yeah. And I think as well, isn't it? You've got a different head because when you're investing and doing your buy to let refurbs, yeah. Yeah. You've got one mindset with it when it's your home there's a heart leading yes everything and the bank balance and the budget just goes out the window right uh, literally like it, it, three times over it that it, it, it's it was you know and I think we we got recommendations from a few different tradespeople, and I saw the work they were like oh my god he's amazing and he was this particular person was fantastic 
But um, he basically missed out on massive step for for what he what he was doing. He was he was tiling and he didn't tank the wet rooms. Um, and that only came to light just by fluke when we were moving in and the plumber, the, the, the original plumber was, oh, he was awful. Um, and he left the job two weeks before he was supposed to complete it. So I had no second fixed bathroom. So I got one emergency plumber in. He set me up with one bathroom and um, had a shower the first night we moved in. And I went to unpack some boxes in the floor below and there's this water just streaming through and I was like oh my god so we thought oh it's the pipe work but then when we looked into it the room wasn't tanked someone who I was working with said oh that that bathroom wasn't tanked it's like what is tanking I don't know what is tanking what I don't understand what it is people keep saying this word um anyway we ripped the tiles up he basically tiled onto plasterboard and the other thing I have to say is I actually posted the process of the tiler putting the tiles on and someone on Instagram messaged me going, oh, my God, he's tiled straight onto plasterboard. What is he doing? And I saw it and thought, oh, this tiler knows what he's doing. He's been recommended to me. Mm-hmm. You know, so I went back to that person like a year later going, thank you for that. And I wish I had taken your comment originally. I wish I'd looked into it because that would have saved me so much money and time. And the um, so, yeah, so he so I had to get so all the bathrooms had to get all the tiles ripped up, retanked, rebought the tiles put them in storage the storage unit burnt down honestly I kid you not everything that could have gone wrong during this process went wrong the storage so I was laughing at this point I got an email from the storage company going oh we've had a fire but your stuff might be okay then the next breath it was like oh we've uh you know the whole building's being completely ripped apart and then I was like I haven't got insurance who takes insurance when you're just storing something for a few weeks um anyway they gave it like a minimum payout and um, things like that, like that really set us back. And it was, it. so one was blaming the other. So I think it, I think it's really important to actually have people working together. So yeah. one can't blame the other. The other thing is that I try to be the project manager on it. I'm yeah. not a project manager kind of person. I, I, I really hate it. I hate everything about detail. I'm not, I'm detailed when, it, when I enjoy the thing, but I don't, in, I enjoy liaising with agents and dealing with director to vendors and things like that I don't like dealing with builders um and then I was having something built this this wall built and I had um I had this person say to me he gave me a price and it was a day rate and I thought and he said it was probably eight eight days maximum so I thought well his eight days is cheaper than what I've been quoted on a fixed price so I'll go with this guy and his day rate um, then he came and he started digging and then it started raining and then his, his, his person helping him went and sat in his car and then he was like, right, I'm just going off to the yard to get something. And I was like, oh, what's your mate doing? And he said, oh, he's just, it's raining. And I went, right. And I said, well, I'm just really conscious of us on a day rate here. And he went, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, well, is he, you know, sorry, how's it going to work? Obviously, you're charging me a day rate. Are you paying me for this? And he was, are you charging me for this? And he was like, well, yeah, yeah, we we can't work. And I'm like, sorry, I'm sorry. This doesn't sit right with me. I I don't mind paying you a day rate for the day that you're working, like for the hours that you're working. Um, Anyway, he was sort of like, you'd love, you don't know how it works. You know, do you know how building work works? I was like, can do like, you know, and then it comes out when someone tries to belittle me, I go like a complete... Oh, honestly it's like a red rag to me and um 
I was like, yeah, I do know. I said, but so my point is to the story, if you are going to have someone on the day rate, make sure you clarify what that includes. If it rains and you're not able to work, are you going to charge? Do you expect payment for that? Because he was like, well, I've got to pay my work. And I'm like, yeah, with my money, like I'm not paying you to not work. I just think little things like that, I've learned massive lessons. And also to get everything in writing and don't assume that I've got a great worker that I've worked with now for a few years and um, don't don't assume that they can read your mind because they can't. If you want certain things in certain places, draw, even if it's a hand-sketched map of, you know, where you want things, do it because even if you're saying it voice, you know, face-to-face and you've got a good relationship, he was saying that that was never said. And I'm like, it was said. Like, it it, it was said. He's mismem- He was like, no, no, you said to put it there. And I'm like, I didn't. It doesn't make any sense why why I would say that. Like, it, it was there, you know. And I think just put things down in writing or just a little sketch. Oh, what a journey. I do think having one builder that's project managing the whole thing and bringing in the subbies is absolutely the way forward. Because to me, yeah. tank- tanking's the plumber's job. Well, this is a great area, Caroline. This is a great area. Believe me. Believe me. So just to clarify this, I've spoken to some... Did you say Tyler or plumber? Plumber. I would have said the plumber. Oh, uh, yeah, I'd say the plumber does the tanking. So this is the grey area because I've spoken to Tyler's and they say they either, if the plumber does it, great, they can crack on, their price will be lower because they've not tanked it. The, if the, the Tyler says if the, ta- if the tanking hasn't been done, I will yeah. say I can tank it for you, but it will be extra on top of my t- uh, tiling fee. So it's a very grey area. So, it, and he just said, let me tell you now, if it wasn't tanked, I wouldn't tile. I would not tile. So that's when I've done a lot of research, spent a lot of time on this situation. So um, th- this is why now, like with whatever projects I'm doing, like my dad's project manage- managing it now. Yeah. Because I hate it. And he's really good. He's got a patient of a saint. He loves pottering and going, you know, and checking on things, checking they've done it right. You know, he, he loves to just check and make sure everything's done, whereas I don't really know what I'm looking for. And I think sometimes tradespeople, if they know you're not really into that, yeah. they can get away with doing shit work. And right. and also, like, with after moving in, I found, you know, you look at a wall and you're like, why is that electric socket been put there? It's not central. And you're like, what goes through people's minds? Assume everyone is thick because yeah. most of them are really, I know it sounds really terrible, but they're not going to, they're going to do where's easiest and yeah. less hassle for them. They're not going to do it where it should be, where you want it to be. And they don't, they won't read your mind. So that's yeah, my I'm, I'm a current project at the moment where the en suites, as far as the building's concerned, the en suite is just functional. It doesn't need to be big and luxurious. It's like you need a 900 tray for the shower. You need a 300 deep sink. I'm like, 300 deep? That's not very... And you need a toothbrush and then you need a shitter. And, yeah. and then my <laughs> designer's coming along and my bathroom designer's coming along. And then oh, I'm like, no. do, I get, do I get a say in any of this? So yeah, it is a lot to keep everybody happy, isn't it? But when you've got something in your mind that you want, I think it's a case of being really clear and telling everybody what your expectations are so nobody's disappointed. Deary me. Anyway. I, I, think, I think be firm as well. So, you know, just yeah. don't take no for an answer. So your house is as it should be now it's not leaking everywhere you're happy now. no it's not yeah it's not finished but we're, we're getting there you're getting there you're launching this 
Jolt product in the next yes. week while, which will be super, super exciting. Um, your social media looks fantastic. You've got your your Man Baggage podcast that you work on. Uh, yes. Friends. So you've got lots going on and, and just building your Rebuy to Let portfolio. Yeah. It's not a bad yeah. one. going there. Nice, nice. Very busy, very busy. But, it's you know, it's, it, yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it. So, so if you've really got exciting. maybe, say, uh, two pieces of advice for someone who's thinking about getting into property and maybe they have some hesitations or worries or concerns, what would be your advice to, to them? Um, you need to be, edu- it, it, particularly in property, and I think whatever you're doing gets education behind you. Like you don't know it all. And I think it's it's the network around it as well. Like obviously I met you years ago and, you know, it, just building those relationships with people will help you if you ever need the help and vice versa. You know, you might be able to help somebody else out in the world, you know, job what you're in. Um, that's really important is building the network that builds confidence and I just think just don't care what people think just get yourself out there and especially I think in the property world it can be quite bitchy and clicky and people if you dare to diversify or you think you know try and do something else there'll be other people that aren't happy about it and they have to you know the bitch about it and all the all property people and just stay you just cut out the noise and, and keep focus keep you know in your own little tunnel vision and don't let outside noise affect you um but definitely get educated and be firm and don't take any shit yeah lovely advice I do think <laughs> it's been not getting distracted by the noise because that's where social media I find very difficult to manage because it's really easy to be distracted by other people's successes and think, oh, but I'm not, yeah. I'm not doing what they're doing. Oh, look how they, oh, they're doing this, that, and the other. But also, you know, behind the scenes that all this chaos is going behind, like non, non-tanking tiles and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that, great. That, that That's a really important thing, sorry, just to say that there was a couple of people that did the course when, it, when I did it, and they leaps ahead of me, and that's okay. Like everyone, that like this particular person thinking about, she's not got kids, She's not, you know, she she had, um, she was employed, um, you know, so she was able to do things as and when, you know, she hasn't got the, she's busy in her own way, but obviously everyone's different. But when you do have kids that they do have to, that's the other thing I think, I remember watching something during lockdown where someone was like, someone said, oh, I'm having a baby. Like, how do you think, how do you think we deal with this now we're having a baby? And someone said like, oh, you either make excuses or you find the time. And I'm like, this guy's clearly not got kids because you can't say that if your kid's ill, you you know, they have to come first. And, you know, and I think that then that person might feel bad if they're not putting the same amount of time in, you know, your life is different. Everyone's life is different. You have to go at your own pace and don't make yourself feel guilty for not doing the same thing that you maybe started with the same on the same journey you know you might not be the same they may overtake you here you may overtake them there but that's okay just go at your own pace and don't get sidetracked yeah so, no, um, yeah. no distractions well it's been brilliant catching up with you Lindsay thank and you great massive good luck for you not that you'll need it for the launch of Joel I'm looking forward to seeing what that does I've already subscribed for your oh, email brilliant thank you <laughs> They can reach out to you all on Instagram. Is that the best way? Yes, Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, Kane, and with a zero at the end. I'm on I'm on TikTok now as well. I'm trying to trying to build that as well. So follow me on there. <laughs> all right. Thank Take you. Care.
See you. Bye. I'm sure you agree that that was a brilliant episode from Lindsay. I loved hearing the background story of her health woes and how that has led to a passion for finding solutions to that and how property has led her the freedom to gather confidence and self-belief and a female superpower to be an inspiration and role model for her daughter. You can connect with Lindsay Kane on um, Instagram and also connect with her on our Property Well System Facebook community page but I look forward to bringing you more great content again very very soon have a great week